Welcome, I'm Bill Young, the pastor at Sweat Memorial Baptist Church, and we are thankful you've joined us to listen to our weekly podcast. Through this sermon podcast, we hope to bring encouragement to your heart, help grow your faith, and inspire you toward a closer walk with the Lord. To learn more about our church, find us online at smbcwaycross.com or through Facebook and Instagram. I'm glad you're here, and I hope you enjoy the message. Good morning and welcome to Sweat Memorial Baptist Church. It is Sunday, May the 17th, and we look back through our listing of messages and worship services, and it's hard to believe that this is our ninth Sunday coming to you by way of online, but thank God for the opportunity to come to you this way. There's a couple of things that I want to share with you, and one is the word is out pretty good uh, through mailing to our members. We will have an ad in next week's Waycross Journal-Herald, and you can please visit our Facebook and, and see, but we are planning on reopening next Sunday, May the 24th, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I I will be also recording later a video of our protocols, how we're doing things uh, for safety. So please be apprised of that. And uh, we would love to have you worship with us if you don't have a place of regular worship uh, or if your church has not started back yet, uh, we would welcome you. Uh, you know, to come by and to be with us and to just serve the Lord together. We are going to continue, and I think by now the regulars who kind of check us out on Sundays know that we record on Friday morning. And it is Friday, May the 15th, while we are recording. Gives us a chance to proof, you know, the recording, get it on the Facebook the platform of Vimeo in a good way so that you can enjoy it with as little, little, uh, and in fact, there's very little technical difficulties by the time you receive it on Sunday. We are going to continue using this format, even though we will be in church, because there are folks who will not, cannot, or should not, and I emphasize that, be here. And in the video that I'll be doing later today, Friday, uh, and we'll be on Facebook. You can see there the emphasis uh, there so that when we are here on Sunday morning, those who don't come, that same sermon will be right there ready for you to worship at home while we are worshiping here. So I like to say by the time we get to the second service on that Sunday morning, I will have preached that sermon three times. And I'm going to tell you, folks, let's pray that the third time's the charm. Uh, But I'm looking forward to it. But I want to make this note, too. And that is that today, Friday, May the 15th, and I hope all this is not confusing to you, uh, that is, it is uh, Police Officers Memorial Day. And we have lowered our flag here in front of the church to half-mast in honor of our law enforcement and especially today in memory and for the families of those who have paid the ultimate price to protect us. This is 
Police Week. And so we want to remember, to honor, to support our police officers. Before the message, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Almighty God, how grateful we are to be able to come to you in this format. Many, many, many people are responding. They're getting it, getting this without any trouble because we've got folks here who work very hard to make sure that it goes out well, enjoying it, worshiping, and we praise your name for that. We look forward to being back in this space in a very safe, careful, different kind of way and to those that we can still come into their homes while we are gathered here. We take a moment in Police Officers Memorial Day. Our hearts are touched for the families of those who have paid the ultimate price. Our hearts are touched with admiration and appreciation for those who have gone on before us so that we could live here safely. I pray now, Lord Jesus, for healing for the world in our spirits and in our bodies. And I pray for this word in the name of Jesus Christ. Forgive us of our sins. Amen. Our beginning text today is in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. And the title of the message is, I want to go to church. And in the letter that we sent out to our members, letting them know that we would be back in church on that Sunday, May the 24th, I encourage them, and I encourage you too, to Google the words either take me back or the words I want to go to church and hear Michael Cochran and pull up the YouTube where he is at the keyboard playing and singing I want to go to church. It is absolutely inspiring and moving. I apologize here, I'm using one of my Bibles that's falling apart. But in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, it says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Meaning, let's be sensitive to, let's be caring, you know. Let's just consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. You can catch the drift now, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. The writer of the book of Hebrews says, people have given up going to church, but don't let that be the way you do. Let's not forsake getting ourselves together. My, one of my prayers is that during this social isolation and the shutting down of so much that we have a new appreciation for being able to come in this space together here and to worship together our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so there's the title of the message, and I know there's a lot of people out there right now, you would be saying, I want to go to church. I want to go to church. Let's consider this, and that is, what is church? Very simple, flowing message. The first thing that I would say, and I use scripture to share this with you, and that is that the church, number one, we know is a place. It's a place. Psalm 122.1, one of my favorite verses, says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house. That's a place, into the house 
of the Lord. In Psalm 84, verse 10, King David says that one day in the courts of God is worth more than a thousand any other place. And then he said, I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. So what is the church? The church is a place, but I want to make sure that we are clear here that as a place, it is more than a building. I know you know that. When I was in grad school, I had a study, a case study I had to respond to in a church administration course. And it was about a church that a storm came through like the tropical storms and edges of hurricanes we have here and damaged the steeple. It was a no-brainer. The insurance company gave the church a check right away. And then there began to be a difference of opinion on how to spend the money. Naturally, a group wanted to repair the steeple, put the steeple, put a new steeple on the church. But another group, knowing that their church was in a community of need, wanted to use it to minister to the church. And so this went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and they came to the time to make the decision. And in the discussion, a distraught member stood up and said, well, how will they know that we're a church if we don't have a steeple? The church is more than a building. It is more than a business. I've had it both ways in my long tenure as a pastor. I've had and worked with people that the church was, in their minds, it was, it was just another business. They considered me the CEO, and it was a tightly run ship, uh, just like a, a business, and wasn't much flexibility. But then I have been in places where anything went, where anything goes. But the church is more than a business. And I like the story of the little family that were driving by a church, and it's one that they had attended, but not very regular. And a child in the back seat said, is that place still open for business? Well, I want you to know we may have been shut down, but we've still been open for business, and we're going to be open for business on May the 24th. But the church is more than a business. The church is a place, but I want to share this, and you might like, what is he saying? The church is not where I live. I want you to know that. It is not where the preacher lives. I love children. I love their innocence. I love their honesty. And I have been blessed wherever I pastored that the little children felt safe and comfortable with me. And the only place that they would normally see me is at the church. And they concluded that that's where I lived, that I lived at the church. Well, I can say through the years there were times that my wife thought I lived at the church. And you got to listen to this phone conversation so that you don't miss the real punchline at the end. I was out making hospital rounds one day, and my cell phone rang, and I looked at it, and it was my wife. And I just simply said, hey there, what can I do for you? Because I know it was a honeydew thing. And she said, uh, are you at home? And I said, no, but what can I do for you? And she said, how would you like some barbecue? And I said, that sounds great. Where are you? She said, I'm at home. I said, didn't you just ask me if I was at home? And she said, well, you know what I meant. I meant your other home. Well, the church is not where the preacher lives, where the staff lives. 
And the church is not where God lives. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 tells us that Christ came as the high priest of good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation. What is the church? It's a place where God meets us. And you hang on to the end of this sermon because I want to share you the exciting ways that God meets us and has met down through the ages at a place. I want to go to church. It is a place, and it's very dear to our hearts and very precious. But secondly, the church is a people. In the Greek, it's called, the church is called ecclesia, which means a gathering of people. And we are a people, the people of God. I'm going to read several passages of Scripture because I want you to catch it. I'd rather you hear straight from the Bible and me just simply comment briefly there. But in 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10, this is what the Apostle Peter says about the church. And he says here, 1 Peter chapter 2, here we go. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We were once not a people, but because of the mercy of God, we are the people of God. Romans chapter 9, verses 25 through 26, quotes Hosea, saying that you who were not a people are now my people. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5, in introductory verses to spiritual gifts, says that we are many members, but we are one body. And Revelation, Revelation chapter 21, verse 3, that vision of heaven that the Apostle John had on the Isle of Patmos said, God will dwell with his people, and they will be his people, and they will be his God. What is the church? It's a place, and it's a very special place to us, and it's a people. It is very, very, very special people to us. The church is made up of those, and I'm going to use a terminology that I will take a moment for those who may not relate to what has been called Christianese, and that is the church is made of people who have first been born again. That means have accepted Christ, have been made new in Christ, have been forgiven of their sins, and just like we were born of the flesh, we are born of the Spirit, and the Bible says that if any one of us is in Christ, we are a new creation. The people of God have been made new by the blood of Jesus. I've shared before of a precious lady that we have the same last name. And whenever we're together at a social function, people will come up to us and say, Are y'all kin? And she started this years ago, and it's a precious answer. And she said, Yes. We have the same father. 
God is our Father. The people of the church, and I'm looking around at empty pews, and I'm excited to soon be seeing folks in these pews. They will be spread out, let me tell you, every other pew, using only half of the church at 9 o'clock and the other half at 10.30. But I will be able to look at the precious people of this church. And they are my brothers and sisters in Christ. We are family, born again, and God is our Father. I don't think anybody who's watched it, uh, who we're old enough to remember, will ever forget the movie Forrest Gump and his precious friend Bubba Blue. And when they arrived as in the army in Vietnam and their commander was Lieutenant Dan, and as Forrest Gump and Bubba Blue were introduced to Lieutenant Dan, and Forrest and Bubba just about said the same thing, acted the same thing, you'll know that Forrest was white, Bubba Blue was African-American. Lieutenant Dan looked at him and said, are you boys brothers? They looked at each other kind of weird and said, no, sir, I don't reckon we know Ken, what Forrest said. But I want to tell you, friend, Sweat Memorial Baptist Church, the people of God, we're kin. We have the same Father. But you need to know this. Even though we've been born again, saved, forgiven, we are still imperfect. We are still imperfect, and that is so important to remember. And I remind you of some of the phrases that I use, and that is we need to be, remember that every, every sinner has a future. And I want to tell you, friend, every saint here has a past. And saint means one who's been set aside by God. It does not mean perfect. As I share with churches, we got to make up our mind. Are we going to be a hospital for sinners or a museum of saints? We're a hospital for sinners. And I've had people ask me through the years who carried a load of guilt and a burden of sin. Am I good enough for your church? And I would say none of us are good enough for the church that Jesus bought his blood. But by grace, yes, you are good enough for our church. I had an old associate pastor one time that he liked to use this little quote. And he said, to dwell there above with those we love, oh, that will be glory. But to dwell here below with those we know, that's another story, friends. We are not perfect. And I want to tell you this old phrase, too. Some people go around looking for a church, but the problem is, is they're really looking for some reason not to go to that church. And you've heard it said that those who are looking for a perfect church, don't join it, because it won't be perfect anymore. We are born again, we are imperfect, but thank God, we're improving. We are improving as the Apostle says to the church at Philippi, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for God is at work in you. I love the phrase, thank God, I'm not what I used to be. And thank God, I am not what I will be. A true, dedicated, born-again follower of Jesus Christ is becoming more like Christ every day. We're imperfect but we are improving. If we had the screen up here, which we will have going, of course, a week from Sunday, I like to put these letters across there, P, B, P, 
P-W-M-G-I-N-T-W-M. You know what it is. Please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. I want to go to church. The church is a place, and the church is a people. And the third thing, what is a church? First, it is a place. It's a very, very special place. But it is that place where God meets us. And it is a people, the people of God who have been bought by His blood and believe in Him. But the third thing in what is a church, it is a presence. It is the presence of Almighty God. It is where God meets us. I saw one time a church that had their slogan, and churches have slogans, you know, please come to our church where God meets man. And I don't know, I may be overly sensitive here, but uh, I don't like real specific language like that. I'd rather say where God meets humanity, where God meets us all, or where God meets us. But a church is a place where we go with a people. And I'm going to use the word there as a potential that God will show up here. And church is the presence of God. I had an exciting time of study here, and I'm going to go back to the book of Genesis and share with you. But I did a little, quote, scriptural trail of Old Testament altars, knowing in my mind that God appeared, certain very powerful, wonderful things happened, and at that point, an altar was built. Well, you know why? So they could remember that place. Why did they want to remember? It is where God met them. It's where God met them, and you could say that was a church. Abraham, in Genesis chapter 12, where God tells him, I want you to leave, I want you to go where you don't know where you're going, I'm going to show you a land, I'm going to give it to you, you know, I'm going to make your name great, you'll be a blessing, those who bless you, you'll bless them, those who curse you, you'll curse, curse. they'll be cursed because of you, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed, and praise God, we have been, because from that line came Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So Abraham heads out. And in verse chapter 12, verse 7, he doesn't know where he's going. And I saw a sermon title one time about this that said, Marching Off the Map. It's kind of like sailing off the edge of the world. Abraham has done marched off the map. And Genesis chapter 12, verse 7 says, The Lord appeared to Abram and said, Abram's been traveling a while now. To your descendants I will give this land. He is now standing in the land that God is going to give him. And guess what happened? And there he built an altar to the Lord. Why? Who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west, and I, which now is Jericho, on the east. And there he built, what? An altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Very sensitive altar is there in Genesis chapter 22, verse 9, where Abraham, in obedience to the voice of God, built an altar, believing in his heart he was going to sacrifice his son Isaac to the Lord. But, oh, my goodness, what a great type of Christ. God provided a sacrifice to take the place of Isaac. 
And Jesus Christ has taken the place of our sins. And here's a fascinating trail, and that's Jacob. Many people familiar, if you're watching and you're really not that familiar with your scripture, I hope you can hear these texts uh, about Jacob. Abraham had a son, Isaac. Abraham and Sarah had a son, Isaac. And Isaac and, and Rebekah had Jacob and Esau. And Esau was the elder and was supposed to get the blessing of his father, but Jacob was a trickster and he stole the blessing. Or he made a slick trade for it. And because of it, Jacob is having to flee for his life. So in Genesis chapter 28, Jacob is fleeing. And in verse 10 through 22, we find him reaching a place. He's exhausted. He lays down. He gathers some stones together for a pillow. And during the night, he has a dream of heaven open and a ladder coming down, coming up, and angels coming down and going up. We sing it, climbing Jacob's ladder. When Jacob wakes up, he knows. He knows that he has had a visitation of God, and he commits himself to God. He commits all of his fortune and success to God in a tithe. And then it says that he took what he had laid on a stone, took a stone, he said, which I have set as a pillar as I have a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. He made an altar there, and he named the place Bethel, which means house of God. Well, you know we have to go back and face things, so in chapter 33, Jacob has to go back and face Esau, and he just knows it's going to be bad, but Esau embraces him, loves him, welcomes him back, a great verse here is Jacob says to Esau, I have seen in your face the face of God. What does God look like? Forgiveness. Chapter 33, verse 20, Jacob builds another altar out of gratitude for God sparing his life. And then in chapter 35, Jacob is called to go back to Bethel. And there he raises that altar again and says that I raise this altar here in verse 14, because, because that this is the place that God talked to me. It's a presence. Solomon's temple, dedicated. All of us just about know 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name, you know, will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, seek my face, then I will hear, then I will forgive, then I will heal their land. But oh, how, how, how terrible that we don't go on and read the next following two verses, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 15 and 16, God says to him then, Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made where? In this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. The church is a place. It is a people. But only as God shows up. And he says my eyes and my ears will be on that. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah is a priest. He is performing the duties of the priesthood. On this particular occasion... 
when he goes into the temple, there is that incredible scene. I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And God commissioned him to become a prophet and to call Israel back to God. Where did it happen? In the temple, God showed up. Jesus, in Mark 11, verse 17, cleansing the temple of all the pollution of wheeling and dealing, and they had absolutely made the church a place of business. They had made the church a place of business. And Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. This is my Father's house. In Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, the early church is gathered in an upper room. And the Holy Spirit fills the room, fills every one of them. They were in the presence of God. What about today? What about right now in your home? What about in your car? What about wherever you are? What about when we get here a week from now, I want to go back to church. What is church? It's a place. It's a people. But most importantly, it is the presence of God. And Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there. Church is a place. It's a people. But it is only a church when or because God shows up. In the book of Psalms, the question is raised, Who shall ascend the hill of God? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. My dear friends, I look forward to seeing you here a week from now. And I pray that every one of us would pray, God, cleanse my heart, cleanse my hands. I'm going to a place. I am going to a people. And I pray that you will meet us there. God bless you. I love you. And I will see you soon. Thank you again for joining us on the Sweat Memorial Baptist Church podcast. We would love for you to join us in person for worship each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Waycross, Georgia. Connect with us online through our website, Facebook, and Instagram. Have a great day.